Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. So this morning we're going to look um, at a familiar word that some of us uh, somewhat we like, some of us we don't like so much, but obedience, obedience the Lord's way, obedience the Lord's way. And, uh, you know, just thinking about this this morning and, and and just kind of getting ready for this message, I was thinking about, you know, what does obedience mean? How are we to enact obedience? How are we to, uh, how are we supposed to obey God, the creator? What is it that we are supposed to do? But I just wanted to kind of give us a, a clear definition of like, here's what the definition of obedience is. It says compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Another's authority. See, I think, especially in this generation and generations past, we love or hate that word authority. We have a hard time submitting. Listen to me, men, this morning. Sometimes we have a really hard time submitting some control to the Lord, don't we? Right? We have some, we have, we, 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 we want to control the narrative. In fact, we want so badly that we, we, we have our lives laid out just how we want. And if that follows in the obedience of the Lord's way, then great. And if it doesn't, well, we'll just try next time. But that submission to the authority, right? That's where we need to get at this morning. And sometimes we really struggle with that. We struggle. What does that look like in our lives? It means that we surrender not just bits and pieces, not just the things that we want to, but to all things. We surrender all things to him. And that's where it gets a little choppy. I like to, I like to think about this just for a minute. So Vody Bauckham, I don't know if, if many of you know who Vody Bauckham is. I love me some Vody Bauckham. He is a fantastic uh, fantastic preacher. Um, but he, uh, he says this about the Ten Commandments. He said the Ten Commandments are the basic laws of God. The basic laws of God. Now, I'm not going to do this this morning, but if I went around and just polled everybody and just asked you, what are the Ten Commandments? And hopefully most of us would know what those are, but what are the ones that come to mind immediately, right? The ones that come to mind immediately when we think about the Ten Commandments. I like to call this the Ten Commandments conundrum, okay? The Ten Commandments conundrum. And here's what I'm getting at with here. So often we focus so much of our time and our energy on the last five of the Ten Commandments. See, because here's what we like to do as, as people. Uh, we like to make ourselves as good as we possibly can. So, man, I, I haven't been cheating on my wife here lately, so I'm doing pretty good, right? I, I'm not lying all the time to my boss or my friends. I, you know, I might tell one every now and then, but for, for the most part, I don't, I don't lie to a lot of people, right? But I sure don't, I haven't killed nobody in a few weeks, Right, like you, you, we we start we start hammering this conundrum, this Ten Commandments. We start, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing all, I'm doing all right. 
I'm doing well enough. I'm just there. I'm doing good. But we forget so often how that, when we look at that, that's what we think of, of as obedience. Like, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not cheating on anybody. I'm not lying to anybody. Uh, you know, I, I would like some more things, but I wouldn't say that I go overboard and just say that I have to have all those things. Right? We, we try to talk ourselves up a little bit. Am I the only one in the room that does that? Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for some of you that raised your hand. <laughs> Makes me feel better, a little bit better about myself. Because I'll, I'll be honest, when I, look at this, when I look at this Ten Commandments conundrum of, of sense, and I look at this basic law of God, as Vody Bauckham puts, it really begins to make me wonder about, well, what, what am I missing? What am I missing out on for the purpose of God in those first five that I, I don't really give a whole lot of attention to? And remember those, remember those, that very first commandment is what? Anybody know it? Love the Lord your God, right? Or have no other gods before me. Man, no idols. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, right? Take rest. Sabbath your life. Take rest spiritually, right? And then honor your father and mother. Woo, we love that one. And we think it ends at 18 is what's funny. It's like, oh, I don't have to do that no more. <laughs> but see, we... We look at obedience and we, and we look at it from a way of, well, I don't do all the morally really terrible things. But a lot of times we miss out on the obedience of the things that God's commanded us to do that are good for us. So often we miss that when we think about obedience to God. And so this morning, as you, as you think about that, think about, think about this. And this is, my, this is my, one of my favorite ones. Like, that, that, that third commandment where it says, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We're just like, well, we're not supposed to say, oh my God, right? We're supposed to say that out of context of prayer or anything like this. Can I just, can I just for a moment, just like speak into something? That may be true, but it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. When you're, when you're taking the Lord's name, Right, If you are claiming to be a Christian this morning, an obedient follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you've taken that name of Jesus, and then as you step away, if you're putting on some mask or if you're living some duplicit life, you are taking the Lord's name in vain because you've taken that name and then you've absolutely wrecked it. We've got to remember that. It goes deeper, right? It has to, it's not just if we're just living duplicit lives, but if we're not doing what we're commanded to, then we're also taking the Lord's name in vain because he's given us that name to live through him, not us, right? So remember that. And I just, I, I love that part. And I, will, I promise I won't go back to the honoring the father and mother. I think that one speaks for itself, everyone, okay? That one doesn't have an age limit on it, <laughs> So we must not look at obedience as something we are merely told not to do, not to do. And so the key passage this morning, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna read it real quick. We're gonna find it. Psalms chapter one, verses one and two. Right off the bat, listen to what he says here. Oh, the joys who do not follow the, the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Obedience is not just about uh, what not to do, but also what we are commanded to do. 
Y'all with me this morning, church? Obedience is not just about what not to do, but also what we are commanded to do. And so the, the first thing that comes into my mind when I think about this, and, I, and I'm reading Psalms, and I'm right, I'll be honest with you, a lot of, I, I switched up my sermon a lot because I was just, I was reading through and I was trying to figure out, Lord, where do you want to lead this morning? And, 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 I, and I felt like obedience was in a direction that he wanted me to go, but I was really struggling with a passage because there's, there's a lot of passages that you can, you can choose on obedience and not in a million years would I thought I would have landed on Psalm 1, 1 and 2, but it just struck me in this first point, when we look at the very first verse there again, notice what it says. It says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So that first point that, listen to me, joy, and this is for everybody, not just the students in the room, not just for uh, the young people in the room, joy is greater than happiness. Listen to me, when we go into the New Testament and we see that Paul is speaking and he's giving the instruction of what the fruit of the Spirit looks like, love, joy, love, joy. Notice that it doesn't say happiness because even happiness is fleeting. It will deplete, it will go away, it will, it will, it will run. Your happiness will not last. Because here's the deal, we live in this broken, corrupt, evil world. And what do we try to do all the time? We always try to fill this void, this Jesus-sized hole, as some people say, with things that will make you happy. And it does not fill the hole. It doesn't fill the void. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can fill that void. Only Jesus can fill that hole. And, and here's the deal. The joy that's greater than happiness, this morning, I, maybe, hopefully you hear this this morning, that joy is something that only the Spirit has given you this morning. That comes as a fruit of the Spirit. So when, when everything seems to be crumbling and everything seems to be going wrong and nothing seems to be going right, Woo, I can still find joy in the Lord, amen? I find it, <laughs> I find it really interesting. I, I, saw, I heard this the other day. It's just the nursery rhyme, the Humpty Dumpty. You all you know that one? Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and he fell. I don't know the nursery rhyme that well. But he fell off. Who'd they, but who did they call? All the king's horses and all the king's men. But who did they not call? The king. They didn't call the king. Think about that. When we're, when we're facing these, these hardships in our, in our life, you want to know where your joy comes from? Call on the king. Instead of trying to fill that void and fill that void and trying to become happy and trying to, trying to overcome your sadness and overcome your depression and overcome your sin, allow God to show you the glory of the redemption that he has put through you through his son Jesus. That is where you get joy. But you got to call on the king. Got to stop. We, I just thought it fun. All the king's horses, but not the king. Second thing this morning. Second thing this morning. Obedience sets boundaries. Obedience sets boundaries. Notice what it says here in the rest of chapter one. It says, or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Sets boundaries. 
Andy Stanley said this once. He said, remember many of our greatest regrets in life could probably have been avoided if we had put guardrails in place. I'm gonna say it again. Remember many of our greatest regrets in life could probably have been avoided if we had put guardrails in place. Oh, so many times I've been driving down the road and there's just, you know, man, especially I hate sitting in traffic. I, not, to, to, the point, to the point that I will drive 15 minutes out of the way to keep moving rather than sit in line and wait to keep going, okay? That's me. I'm him. I'm that guy. You want to know that guy? You know, have, and y'all been driving I-30 here lately? Y'all know where they, they've been putting those poles where people cross, cut across the median and stuff to get onto the access road? They put those there for me, okay? I'm, I'm the reason they're doing that. All those trails, those are from my vehicle, okay? That's my vehicle's doing all that. But for real, I, I, I genuinely just do not like sitting in traffic, and so I will find any way to get around the guardrails that the road has set for me. I'll do everything I can, and really what I'm doing is, you know, people are flying down, flying down that access road, so they're, they're, it's there for a reason. It's there to protect us, to keep us safe, right? But I want to find a way to get around it. I want to find a way to just toe the line just enough to where I can just keep going and, and have my own way, right? Have my own way because I don't want to be obedient to the authority that's put in place. Those things, what I want to do is do what I want to do. What I want to do is keep going. What I want to do is keep driving. Whew, so much in life. So many times in life, we don't set boundaries enough. We don't set guardrails in our life. And so what happens when the, when the opportunity presents itself for us to be disobedient? We become disobedient. Why? Because we didn't set the boundaries to begin with. So we started hanging out with things that were wicked. And the Bible says, listen again, where we join in with mockers. What do we do? So there's a reason there's a dirt path there, right? Because people, other people are also doing it. It's not just my vehicle. Other people are also doing that. So we're joining in with breaking and being disobedient to the authority there. And so what happens is a lot of times we follow the crowd or we follow what we believe is gonna be best for our life. Here's the deal. A lot of disobedience happens in the most best and good of attentions that you have. Here's an example. Man, I just, and y'all know, y'all knew this was coming, right? Because I've been harping on this for a while. (laughs) Man, I really had an opportunity to share Jesus with the gas clerk the other day. I had it. It was right there. I felt the spirit moving. I I just knew I was supposed to do it. But just, just didn't do it. Just something happened. Something came up. Just didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right. Just felt like I needed to. I needed to do. So, I, did, I just need to know them better. Listen, I'm I'm a big fan that the, that people will hear the gospel better when you have relational equity. But the spirit is way bigger than that. Way bigger than that. So even when you have the greatest intentions, you think, man, if if I try to if I try to just keep telling them Jesus over and over again, I'm going to push them away from Jesus. Listen to yourselves. You're going to give them more Jesus and you think it's going to push them away from Jesus. Only people that have good intentions but are living outside of the obedience and following what Jesus has for your life can come up with that logic. And we do it all the time. If I push too hard 
Or, you know, parents, we do this with our kids all the time. If we push them too hard, maybe they're not gonna like church. I don't wanna, I don't wanna force them to go. I tell you what, my mom and my dad, they made my butt go to church every time the doors were open. Amen. I'm still here. I'm still here, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you are probably in the same place. Because at the end of the day, people are going to make their choice. But only the opportunity, we only have so many opportunities to present Jesus to people. So we have to not only understand that joy is greater than happiness, not only do we have to set boundaries for ourselves to make sure that we are staying in the lane that God has made for us, it's not for our detriment, but for our bettership, right? It's for our benefit. It's making sure that we stay on track. But the third and final thing this morning is godly obedience, listen to this, is about him. It's about him. And so I want to go back to this Ten Commandments conundrum that we started with. This Ten Commandments conundrum. I believe the American church, a lot of times, so many of us come in here and we believe that we're pretty good people. We're pretty good people because we're, we're morally, we're living pretty well. According to the world standards and the culture standards, we're living pretty well. I don't, I, again, going over those again, I don't, I'm not lying all the time. I'm not cheating on my spouse. I'm not, I'm not uh, killing anybody. I'm not, I'm, you, you know, you get in this idea that morally I'm, I'm living a pretty good life and we can fool ourselves to believing that we're being fully obedient to Jesus because, hey, you know what? I'm coming to church. I've been saved by the, by the healing grace of Jesus Christ. I'm, 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 I'm pretty involved with the church. I'm in, a, I'm in a, a community group or I try to meet most of the time and get involved and get discipled. And then, you know, a lot of times then uh, I, I'm, I'm really going out and I'm even serving in ministries of the church. I'm serving in children's ministry for goodness sakes, right? I get to, I get to, I get to serve and make sure the, 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 the stuff on the screens is correct. I get to serve on the stage and sing glory to God. I'm doing pretty good. But we forget that, the, that so often we live in this obedient life and then we prop ourselves up and it becomes more about how good we look than how Jesus should look. Woo, come on. I know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. I know I'm not the only one living in that false reality this morning. So often we think that we're so good that we forget who is good. He is good. Our obedience, our obedience, the reason that you morally don't want to do those terrible things is because Jesus hopefully is, is, is telling you those are bad things and we're okay with those because it lines up with culture and with the reality that we live in. But in the minute, in the second that, that culture goes against some of the other things in life, we can so easily just pick up those guardrails and those boundaries and toss them away because it's more about how we look to the world than how we look to him. And we've got to change that narrative. We've got to change that mindset. We've got to look deeper than that. So real quickly, two final, two final things I just want to talk about. Obedience will always benefit your relationship with the Lord. It will always benefit your relationship with the Lord. Even, even if it is a detriment to relationships in this world, 
even if it even if it has a cost in some of those things, if you're being obedient to the Lord, it will always benefit that relationship. And as we just learned in the Ten Commandment conundrum, right? What's that first one? No other gods before me. No idols. Nothing like that needs to take precedent over me. That is being obedient to God. That's being obedient to God. So obedience will always benefit your relationship with the Lord. Always. And then the last thing, obedience is not just about doing good. It's about trusting in his way. Y'all with me this morning, church? It's about trusting in his way. Being obedient to him is fully surrendering to him. Fully giving your life for him. Fully saying, you know what? All of this mess, God, I surrender it to you. Listen, church. Somebody needs to tell you this. You will never be good enough to never need Jesus' grace. Amen. You get what I'm saying? We are disobedient children. And in our own standards that we've set, sometimes we can get in this idea that, well, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. And you know what? You are doing pretty good. But the moment that we say that we've arrived, we're, in, we're, we're living in disobedience. We've got to continue to grow. We've got to continue to go further and further in our walk with Christ. And a lot of times that takes a journey within to get past that wall. So Mary Ann's going to come. We're going to get ready to, to go into a time of decision. But I was, as, I was, as I was thinking about this and, and everything, it kind of reminded me, I'm, 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 I kind of I kinda like golf. Anybody else like golf in here? A few people. Okay, most of y'all know who Tiger Woods is, right? Okay, one of the one of the greatest golfers of all time. I won't say he is. We're not going to debate that here in church. It's okay. But one of the greatest golfers in, of all time. One of his best and most memorable golf shots of his career was in the Masters in 2005 on hole 16. And Tiger is in just this ridiculously bad lie. Okay, he's in the rough. He's on the edge of the green. There's a huge slope going down toward water. It's almost an impossible shot to make. An impossible shot to make. And yet, he swings. He hits it upright. And he chips it in as the Nike symbol just rolls for that cool, sweet camera shot. Falls into the cup. Tigers cheering, everybody's cheering, they're, they're excited, they're, they're just like, what a glorious shot, how in the world could that ever happen? And so often, we love that shot, but what we forget is that the shot before was terrible. The reason that that great shot had to happen to begin with is because the shot before it was terrible. It was awful, it was maybe one of his worst shots. So what are you getting at, Shane? What are you getting at this morning? Sometimes for Jesus to fully use you for his purpose and for you to be fully obedient is to realize this morning when you have made your worst mistake in your life, Jesus wants to redeem it and use it for his glory. 
and for his kingdom, but it takes your obedience, not just the obedience of like, I'm pretty good, I'm good enough, look, I made that chip shot, so I made up for it. No, but that he took this mess, he took this absolute mess that we've created, and yet if we're fully obedient and surrender to him, Watch what he can do with the mess that you created. He can make it glorious. He can make it righteous. He can make it all better. But it takes obedience to do so. Full, surrendered to the authority of Jesus Christ, obedience. So would you stand with me this morning? I think so many of us in this room have decisions to make this morning. I wanna challenge you this morning Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and you need to know that redeeming, joyful, uh, that, that joy that you can receive from the grace of Jesus this morning. Then let's get, let's get uh, down here, have a conversation. There's plenty of people that would love to talk to you about the saving grace of Jesus. But maybe this morning you need to make decisions for your life that you don't want to be just obedient to the culture and to society standards, but that you want to live in an in a, in a obedience that is fully for the Lord, that is fully for Him. And today you want to decide right here in this moment that I'm going to dedicate my life in obedience fully to Jesus. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this, this awesome, amazing church that God, that you've put in place, that God, that we have opportunities to come here, Father, and just to worship you, to praise you, to exalt you, because God, you, you are good. And so God, remind us this morning that you are the goodness that we seek. You are the goodness that we are, that we are trying to attain. And that God, that no matter how good we are, there's always room for improvement. And that God, even when we make the largest and most biggest mistakes of our life, you were right there. If we would just be fully obedient to turn those things over to you. God, just watch what you can do in our lives. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.